been here today, and we want to uh, welcome you guys that are just logging on, or if you're watching this later on or listening to it later on, welcome to New Life Church of Mobile. Man, this past Wednesday, we launched our life groups. We launched them this past Wednesday, and I'm going to tell you, we had a great time at Life Group this past Wednesday. So Life Groups, they happen the first Wednesday of each month. So our next one will be the first Wednesday of the month of October. We have groups for men, for ladies, for young adults, and for kids. And I'm telling you, we had a great time. We had uh, shared a meal uh, at 6.30, and then we split off into our groups, and we had a great, great night uh, on Wednesday. But today is Sunday, and I'm excited about today. And today we are in our series entitled The Holy Spirit. Y'all say the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. This is week two of our sermon series entitled The Holy Spirit. And last week we uh, started off just giving a basic introduction of who the Holy Spirit was. Do y'all remember the three points from last week? One person. Two people. Three people. We talked about that the Holy Spirit was part of the Holy Trinity, and we're not talking about uh, bell, we're not talking about celery, we're not talking about onions, and what's the other one of the Holy Trinity? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Is uh, bell peppers? Is it bell peppers? Celery. Yeah, I know it's celery, onions, and bell peppers, I believe. Is that the Holy Trinity? I can't remember. I'm losing my Louisiana touch. Can't even remember the Holy Trinity. But those three. But no, we talked about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as the Holy Trinity. We talked about that last week. And then we also mentioned that the Holy Spirit was the awaited promise. He was the awaited promise that uh, Jesus told us, hey, wait here until the Holy Spirit comes. And he told us to wait on that. And what was the third one? I don't remember. He is, thank you. He is the inner witness that speaks to us in the secret place. And today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to go a little bit deeper. Like I said, last week was just an introduction. This week we're going to go a little bit deeper. And let's just start off with a word of prayer and then we get into the word. Holy Spirit, we thank you again for the awesome privilege it is to worship in your presence in your house today with other believers. Be with us in our midst today. Speak to our hearts clearly in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, today's message, if you're taking notes, is called, I Know What You Don't Know. I Know What You Don't Know. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. I Know What You Don't Know. And last week, I, all the notes are from last week on the uh, website. I just forgot to make it go live, but they're on there this week. So if you go to the app, you'll see all the notes there. You can follow along. You can even take notes inside the app as well. But I Know What You Don't Know. I know what you don't know. And there's some things about the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit knows that we don't know. And in, I believe it's 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I believe. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. It's either 2 or 9, I can't remember. But Paul talks about God's plan and how mysterious God's plan is. And that the only way that you can know about God's plan is by God's Spirit. And if you don't have God's Spirit inside of you, then how can you fully understand God's plan? He said it's a mystery. And if you try to figure out God's plans or why God does the things that the way he does, it is a mystery and you will leave yourself utterly confused. Every single time, trying to figure out what in the world is God up to now? What is God doing now? But it's something because it's something that he knows that we don't know. And for all the things that we, we the answers, 
the, the questions that we have. The Holy Spirit has all the answers, has all the questions to them. We just have to be diligent enough to seek him until he, he responds. And so today we're going to talk about those things today. I know what you don't know. How many of you, there's some things in your life that you're like, Holy Spirit, I need some clarity in this area. I need some answers. I need, I need something. I need you to help me in these things. And today we're going to talk about that. So the first thing that the Holy Spirit knows that we don't know is rest. You can write that down. The first thing that the Holy Spirit knows that we don't know is rest. In Psalms chapter 91, verse 1, it says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. There is a rest in the Holy Spirit that you can't even describe. And I'm not even talking about a rest that makes you go to sleep and lay down at night. That's a good rest. But this rest is even better than that. It's just like a peace or rest that just settles on you. And when it, and it, when it enters you or where it rests upon you, you can't do anything but just sit there. I remember uh, tomorrow night we grew up in the same youth group. And I remember she was telling a story about this young lady that she had um, a horrible past. And just all the things that she'd done in her past. And she lost her joy. And for years, they never saw her smile. And we were in a service, one, uh, one conference, it was a conference, and the Holy Spirit began to fall in the room. And this girl began to laugh, like, uncontrollably. And that was the first time that anyone had ever saw her smile before. And what happened was, in that moment, the rest and the comfort and the peace of the Holy Spirit, the joy of the Holy Spirit, overwhelmed her. And she received the rest that she couldn't find because she was so bound up in her past. But there is a rest that the Holy Spirit that can bring, that can free you from everything that you're walking through. And when you seek him, but the thing is, you have to seek him in the secret place to find that rest. It doesn't just come by saying, Holy Spirit, give me rest. It doesn't. It, sometimes he can. But for the most part, you have to get in the secret place alone with the Holy Spirit and cultivate a relationship with him so that he can be free, be free to move and to operate. And it takes time to discover how the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Even the disciples had a hard time praying. Think about this. They saw all the miracles that Jesus performed. And when Jesus came to him in his greatest time of need, he said, can y'all just pray with me for one hour? Just one hour. Can y'all pray with me just one hour? And they couldn't do it. And even before that, before we got to that point, what, what was the one thing that the, Holy, uh, that the disciples asked Jesus, what, what did he ask them? Teach us how to pray. Because they saw him go out, isolate himself and he go out for prayer. And they were looking at him like, well, obviously prayer is the key to all these things that he's doing. And he asked them, teach us how to pray. And so we fast forward in his greatest time of need, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And now when it's time to pray, they fell asleep. Now, wait a minute. Y'all asked me to teach y'all how to pray. I'm teaching y'all how to pray, and when it's time to pray, you're falling asleep. Think about it. They're walking with Jesus. They saw everything that he did. In his greatest time of need, they couldn't pray for one hour because they found themselves asleep. And that's why I say it takes time to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit to be able to pray. Because you can get in prayer and you say, I'm going to pray to the Lord today. And then you get in there, I don't know what to say. I, I don't know what to do. I'm tired. And you get to looking at your phone. Let me just see the little updates here. And 
Next thing you know, 20 minutes and gone by and you didn't pray one word. You've been scrolling on social media when you're supposed to be praying. Why? Because you have to train yourself and discipline yourself to spend time in the presence of the Lord. Every Wednesday night at 630, we come in this sanctuary and we pray and we seek the Lord's face. And it's funny that I asked Camden this the other day. I was like, Camden, do you enjoy being in prayer? She said, I love being in prayer, but sometimes it's just too long. Meaning that she loves it at first, it's exciting, but because of her endurance, it's not long enough. She, oh, this is too long. I just want to go to sleep. And sometimes she'll just lay on the front pew and she'll fall asleep and take a nap. But because her endurance hadn't been there, hadn't grown enough to where she could pray for an hour. But sometimes that's like us. Sometimes our endurance isn't there where we can pray for an hour. We can pray for maybe five, ten minutes. But then after that, we start looking around. I don't know what to do now. I mean... I guess I know this song, but I guess I'll, and, and we, we can find ourselves in a place. I don't know what to do, but you have to cultivate your relationship with the Holy Spirit and deal, just like you would study for an exam or you would, if you play video games, I'm going to beat this game. Like back in the day, we had Mario. It's like, oh, I'm going to beat the game. And you stay up all night until you beat, beat, uh, beat the game. How much hours you put trying to beat the game. That's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. You have to put in time. You have to put in effort. You have to be intentional to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit so when you do enter the secret place, you know how to respond. Because most of the time when the presence of God is here, some people, they don't know how to respond. Some people, they're receiving you like, I don't feel nothing. How come they feel something? Why don't I feel nothing? It's because we have to cultivate that relationship with the Holy Spirit. And these are three things that the Holy Spirit will give us rest for. The first thing that he'll give us rest for is rest from our past. I kind of talked about that a little, a little bit with the story of that young lady. But some people can't get over their past. The Holy Spirit wants to give you rest that helps you overcome your past. Some people can't get out of their own way because they keep getting stuck or they're stuck in the place of what they used to do or who they used to be. And anytime they try to move forward in the things of God, the enemy comes in and tries to remind them of what they used to be or what they used to do. And then they get stuck and say, you know what? God can never use me. I'm so ashamed of what I used to do. I'm so ashamed of who I used to be. And they get bogged down from their past. But I'm here to tell you this morning that the Holy Spirit can give you rest and free you from your past. All you have to do is allow him to heal your heart and to seek him, and he will give you rest to help you overcome your past. Also, the Holy Spirit will give you rest for your present. Despite what you're experiencing now, the Holy Spirit will give you a rest and it gives you a confidence that lets you know that this season won't last forever. This season won't last forever. But if you don't have the comfort or the rest of the Holy Spirit inside of you, this season, what you're walking through, will take you out. But there's a confidence that comes from the Holy Spirit. Say, despite what I feel, despite what my natural eyes see, despite what I'm walking through, I know that there's a confidence that the Holy Spirit is going to allow me to overcome whatever it is that I'm walking through right now. And I'm looking forward to my future because I know this season won't last forever. But if you don't have the witness of the Holy Spirit or that relationship with the Holy Spirit, this season that you're in, it'll, you'll prolong it. You, it will drag it on out because you don't know how to respond. But let the Holy Spirit give you the confidence that you need to let you know that I have hope for my future. And that's the third thing that the Holy Spirit gives, rest, gives us rest for is rest for our future. That we can rest confidently knowing that there is a hope for my future. It breaks my heart when I see people that feel like they don't have hope for their future. 
When you talk, so what do you see yourself doing? I don't know. I mean, I guess I really don't know. I think I may have shared this story before, but a couple years ago, I went on a mission trip to Cuba, and we were doing small groups in the homes. And we went inside the homes, and the one thing that I noticed was that all the adults, I asked the question, I just said, what are you expecting God to do in your life moving forward? That was one of the questions I asked them. All the adults said, well, I feel like all dreams are for kids. That, that's for the young people. Dreams are for the young kids. For us as adults, we just look to the kids and dream through them. Because why, they had no hope for their future. Because of the situation with their government and how they dictate things that they do, they just felt like, you know what, I've lived my life. Now it's time to turn to the next generation because all dreams are through them, not through us. We're too old to dream. And that's a lie. It doesn't matter how old you are. God has a hope for your future. He has plans for your future. But you need to tap into the Holy Spirit to get excited about your future. Because if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart, you can get frustrated. You can get discouraged and say, well, I don't see what I'm going to do. I can't see past tomorrow. Well, that's okay. Tap into the Holy Spirit, and he will show you glimpses of what, he's got, what he has prepared for you. But we have to be diligent enough to seek the Holy Spirit. The first thing that the Holy Spirit does is he gives us rest. In John chapter 14, verse 26 to 27, it says, But the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you, I'm sorry, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Don't be troubled or afraid. If you're worried about the situation that you're walking through right now, don't be troubled or afraid because the Holy Spirit is there to comfort you. He's there to bring you peace. He's there to guide you. He has everything that you need. You just have to tap into him. Amen. So that's the first thing. The Holy Spirit, it gives rest. The second thing that the Holy Spirit does that he knows that we don't know is the revealed truth. The revealed truth. What is the revealed truth? The re revealed truth about you. The revealed truth about you. As the Holy Spirit gives you rest, as you cultivate a deep relationship with him, he will begin to reveal the truth about you. The Holy Spirit has a way of beginning to show you things inside of you, good or bad. He'll begin to point out things in your life, good and bad, and you say, oh, that hurt. Yeah, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. That's the Holy Spirit trying to, 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 trying to perfect and work on your character. And he'll begin to point out things in your life that you're like, I didn't know this. You ever wonder, why do I respond the way that I do? Ask the Holy Spirit. He'll show you. Holy Spirit, why do I get so upset when situations like this happen? Ask him. He'll tell you why. Anything that you need to know about yourself from the Holy Spirit, he will answer you if you seek him. Because he knows everything about you because he created you. So why not go to the one that created you to say, help me to understand myself. Why do I respond this way? Why do I have certain passions? Why am I excited about helping other people? And he'll show you your purpose. He'll show you so many different things about yourself. The Holy Spirit will begin to point things out, good and bad, and this is an opportunity for you to grow and change and to draw closer to the Holy Spirit. The revealed truth of the Holy Spirit would help you get a better understanding of who you are in Christ. You know, it, it saddens my heart when I talk to believers and, you, and I, we talk to them, and I 
I could tell they're not confident in who they are in Christ. It's like they still doubt. It's like, yes, I believe, but I'm not fully confident in who I am in Christ. The other day, tomorrow and I were, were talking to a friend, and um, we're talking to them, and they were in a situation, and I just kept saying, I don't think you realize who you are in Christ. Because if you realize who you are in Christ, you wouldn't keep going down these same cycles. And because the person didn't recognize who they were, they kept finding themselves in the same repetitive cycle. And it seemed like every few months we'd have the same talk about the same thing because they don't recognize who they are in Christ. And when you don't recognize who you are in Christ, you can find yourself in the same sin cycles over and over and over again. Why? Because you're not confident in who you are in Christ. If you think about athletes, I think about one of the most confident athletes of all time is Deion Sanders. I can't think of too many more people more confident than him. Still to this day, I still can't think of any more people more confident than him while he's coaching now. But he's so, he's so confident in who he is, it doesn't matter what you think or what you say, he's going to accomplish some things because he's confident in his abilities. How much so should we be more confident because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us? When you have the Holy Spirit living, there should be an instant confidence that says, I can overcome anything that I'm walking through because I know who I am in Christ. But if you never spend time to cultivate and spend time with the Holy Spirit, you always struggle with your identity in Christ. You never feel like I, 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 I never feel like I can measure up. I don't feel like I'm good enough. Why is that? Because you're not confident in who you are in Christ. But I'm telling you, when you recognize who you are in Christ, that's a game changer. I remember when I first got saved, I was trying to figure out who should I hang out with, trying to figure out certain groups because I was kind of new to the, to the like the, the I guess the community or whatever. So I didn't really know who was who or what. It was. So I was hanging out with everybody, just trying to figure it out. Like, I'm just trying to figure out what circles I should be in. But it became very apparent what circles I like. I know I'm not in this. I know I need to be hanging out in this circle. Not because they were bad people or anything. It was because of the things that they were doing, the conversations that they were having. And I'm like, if you're pursuing the Holy Spirit, you should be beyond what the things that you're talking about. You should be beyond the things that you're doing. But because you're not confident in who you are in the Holy Spirit, you revert back to what's comfortable. Anytime you're not confident in who you are in Christ, you revert back to what's comfortable to you and what you used to do because everybody wants comfort. But when you have the Holy Spirit and he speaks to you clearly, I'm telling you, there's a boldness. There's a confidence that comes up. You says, no, I rise above all these little petty things that the enemy's trying to throw my way. I'm a child of the most high. I'm a, I'm a son and daughter of God. And you stand in authority, you stand in boldness, and you boldly proclaim to the devil, devil, I'm not falling for your tricks no more. I'm through with this sin cycle because I know the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, and he empowers me, empowers me to overcome everything that you throw my way. But that only comes with the confidence of the Holy Spirit. Because you'll never think like that, or you'll never say the words if you're not confident. But the Holy Spirit wants to reveal a truth about you. And that is that there's confidence when you tap into the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5 verse 8, it says, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. Once the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, live as people of the light. Don't live in darkness. Live as people of the light. Ephesians 2 10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. 
Look at your neighbor and say, you're God's masterpiece. Look at your other neighbor and say, I'm God's masterpiece. You are. You're God's masterpiece. He carefully knitted you and made you, made you perfect just the way that you are. Be confident in that. The master created you. You're his masterpiece. If nobody's ever told you that before, you're God's masterpiece. He's pl- well pleased with who you are. He's, you're God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. What does God plan for us? Good things. He has planned good things for you to do long ago, even before you were even born. God has good things planned for you. All you have to do is trust him. All you have to do is rely on the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal those truths to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. When you become belong to Christ, you're a new person. That old person that old things used to do, that's gone. You're a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. A new life has begun. When your new life, that's a fitting that our church is new life. But when a new life has begun, I'm telling you, you're a new person. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm a, I'll even look different than when I did before I got saved. I can show you some pictures. I don't look the same. I look totally, it's crazy looking back at those pictures, but you could just see the sin on me. You could just see it on me. It was so heavy. But when I became, when I surrendered my life to Christ, I became a new person. When you surrendered your life to Christ, you became a new person. That old person that you used to be, that, hey, that person is dead. I heard a pastor say this, you know, Christians should write obituaries all the time. He said, you should constantly write yourself an obituary because you're constantly dying to yourself. Your old self is being crucified to Christ, so that means that there's a death to the old self. So that means you should constantly be writing a new obituary about yourself throughout the seasons of your life. I said, you know what? I never thought about it like that, but that's true. That old life is dead. So long to the old Mario, that person is no longer here. Amen. So with the Holy Spirit, what does he know that we don't know? He knows rest. He knows the real truth about us. And the third thing that the Holy Spirit does is it brings inspiration. He brings inspiration. The Holy Spirit wants to inspire you now and in the future. The inspiration of the Holy Spirit will cause you to do things and use you in ways that you didn't even think were possible. I feel like that's one of the biggest jobs, or for me, that I look for the Holy Spirit to do is to inspire. Because it's easy to lose motivation. You could just go through life and just do routine, and it's easy to lose motivation. But when you are pursuing, constantly pursuing the Holy Spirit, he will inspire you to keep, get moving. He will inspire you to keep moving forward. He will inspire you to not give up. He will inspire you to do good works that he's planned for you long ago. But you need the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to do those things. The entire Bible was written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The whole Bible. Now, I always think it's, it's, it's wild that the New Testament, they were writing it while they were living it. So I think about always Paul is, besides Jesus, Paul is my favorite Bible character. Paul was sitting there under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writing two-thirds of the New Testament sometimes while he was in jail. What was his inspiration to keep writing while he was in jail? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was inspiring him to write, even in a place where he felt like, I'm, 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 I'm a prisoner. 
I, I, I have no freedom. But you know what? I'm free because the Holy Spirit's inside of me, and I'm going to accomplish the work that God has for me despite my circumstances or my conditions. And the Holy Spirit inspired him to continue to write even when he was locked up in prison. The inspiration of the Holy Spirit. There's a great reward that is for us here on earth. Yes, we have a great reward in heaven, but there's also rewards that God wants to give us here on earth as well. I know we always talk about the earthly reward, I mean the heavenly reward, but there's an earthly reward as well. And we should all aspire to say, God, I want to accomplish everything that you have for me because not only do I want to see, do, not only do I want to receive my heavenly reward, I want to receive all the earthly rewards you have for me as well. There's so much more that God has for us. We just have to trust and rely on the Holy Spirit to inspire us to do those good works. Because what we do is this. We wait for the big thing. We wait. God, I know when you open up the door for this big thing that whatever the big thing you think it is, I don't know what it is. But you're waiting on the big thing and you never get going. You never get moving. But what you should do is be inspired by the small assignments that God gives us. Because it's the small assignments that eventually can lead to big opportunities. But if you aren't faithful with the small, why would God give you something big? But when you're inspired to do something small, it turns into something big. When I first got saved, the first thing I started doing in church was setting up chairs. That's awesome, huh? I started setting up chairs. First, I started setting up chairs. And then, and moved from that, when we would have events, I started working security. When I needed security for whatever, I started doing security. And then, when they would pray for people and they need people to, to catch people if they fail, I went down to the altar and I would help catch people. And I started doing that. All the small assignments that people say, oh, well, I just want to sit in my seat and I just want to receive. Because a lot of times, we just want to receive. I want to hear the word. I don't, I don't really have to do all that. I just want to receive. But I just start doing little small things. And eventually, doing the small things led to bigger opportunities. And before long, I'm a pastor. I'm like, how in the world did I become a pastor? I didn't want to become a pastor. This is not something that I wanted. It was because I was faithful to the small things that God opened up bigger opportunities for me to do ministry at a greater level. And I'm telling you, this is not something that I'm telling you right now. I did not call myself to be a pastor. If it was up to me, I would be doing something completely different. But God says, no, I've called you for the work that I've assigned you to be in the ministry. And I said, you know what, God? I surrender. So there's no assignment too small that I feel like if God gives you an assignment, that's a big assignment. No matter how big or small it is, if God gives you an assignment, that is a big assignment. But sometimes we can turn our nose down and they want me to count people in the sanctuary. Why do I need to count people? I'll tell you why. Great story. Elder Joe, one of his jobs he does here at the church he volunteers is uh, on Sunday he does a head count and he counts the cars in the parking lot. And one Sunday, while he was being faithful to his job, um, counting the cars in the parking lot, there was a young lady in the parking lot just sitting in her car. And she saw him, and I guess she got out of the car, and he said, hey, come on in. You're just in time for fellowship. And he walked her into the sanctuary. Now she's on our worship team. Y'all heard her sing this morning. She's a faithful member of our church, all because one man said, I'm going to be faithful to the assignment that has been placed before me. As a result, someone got connected to our church because she said, I was ready to leave. I was about to leave. But because he was faithful and diligent to do what some people might 
feel insignificant, someone was added to our, our, our body in, at New Life Church. And she's been such a blessing to our ministry, all because one man said, I'm going to be faithful to something that some people might feel small. Don't despise, the word even says this, don't despise small beginnings. But we're waiting on the big thing. Oh, God, when are you going to give me the big platform? You don't need a big platform. You just need to pray for your neighbor. You just need to pray for your coworker. You need to speak to the lady in the, in the line as you're waiting to check out on the grocery, in, in your groceries. Just the, the small things that we kind of overlook. Well, well, when God uses, God calls me to the big, then I'm going to really sell off for God. No, you won't. Because if you're not sold out now, when the big time comes, you're not going to be ready for it because he's not going to give it to you. They hadn't prepared themselves. Why would I give them something big? It's the small assignments that eventually lead to greater opportunities. But be faithful and diligent in the small because God wants to inspire you to do the small things. I'm telling you, there's so much joy and gratification that comes from serving. When you see the smile on other people's face, when you see other people get connected and you see God moving in other people's lives and you're serving them, I'm telling you, man, that is the greatest joy. That, that's my greatest joy as a pastor is to see people strengthen in the things of God, to see where they started from and then to see them grow. I'm telling you, that, for me, that's like hitting a home run. That is the best feeling ever is seeing someone mature in the things of God. There's nothing greater than that. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. So do not throw away this confidence. No, I'm sorry, do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember, the great reward it brings you. Don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember, the great reward it brings you. When you hold confidently and you trust in the Lord, there is a great reward that it will bring you. How many of you want your reward? I want you to receive it too, because I want to receive my reward. I want everything God has for me. I don't want to get to heaven and say, well, I had so much more for you, but you did listen. Nope, that, I don't want that to be me. I want to receive everything. If he has it for me, I want everything. I want it all. I don't want just to, uh, well, you, you received two-thirds of it. No, I want it all. I want everything that God has for me. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you what? You trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, that's a good verse. Then you will overflow with the confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. God, he's the source, he's the source of our hope. He's the source of our joy. He's the source of our peace. All we have to do is completely, not just partially, completely trust him. And when you completely trust you, trust him, it positions yourself to be inspired by the Holy Spirit. If you don't trust God, you're not going to be inspired by the Holy Spirit because you're not pursuing him. But when you fully trust God, you say, God, I, I rely on you. God, I depend on you. And the Holy Spirit says, have this assignment. Now, ooh, I'm excited. What y'all want me to do? Oh, I'm going to do that. God, what you want me to do? Oh, I'm excited to do that. And you'll find yourself doing things I never would imagine. I don't like talking in front of people. That's one of my least favorite things to do. Tomorrow will tell you. I, I, matter of fact, I don't like talking on the phone. That's what I, I, I want to say hate, but I do not enjoy talking on the phone. That's one of my least favorite things to do. But I'm telling you, when you're being used by God, he'll break out of things that you say I don't like doing. That is, that's not an excuse. He's like, I don't care. 
I called you to do this. Do it anyway. You just have to get over yourself and die to yourself. And when you die to yourself, you position yourself to be inspired by the Holy Spirit. Now, not only because you're obedient to God, but now your flesh is out of the way. Because that old flesh loves to make excuses of why you can't do things. But when you allow yourself to die to yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to move, he will inspire you, not only for now, but for the future. And all of us need the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Because the bottom line is this, the Holy Spirit just wants to give you hope. What is inspiration? It's hope. He wants to give you hope for your future. And everybody should be hopeful for their future. I hope you leave out of here this morning and encourage that. Man, I'm, I'm inspired. I have hope for my future. That there's nothing that I can't do if I tap into the Holy Spirit. Like I said, this, I want to encourage you. This Wednesday, we're going to get in the presence of God, and we're going to guess what we're going to do. We're going to seek the Holy Spirit. On Wednesday nights, come and get inspired. He's like, I'm not inspired. Come on Wednesday nights. You'll get inspired. Just get in the presence of God, and you carry this over to your everyday life. And I'm telling you, you'll find yourself so fired up, so inspired, that you'll realize, man, I can't believe how much I've grown. I can't believe how much I rely on the Holy Spirit, how much I, I crave and hunger for the Holy Spirit. Because the only way to hunger for the Holy Spirit is to continue to pursue him. But if you never pursue, you'll never be hungry have to continue to pursue. Amen? I know what you don't know. Now, there's a lot that the Holy Spirit knows, or that's more we could talk about, but I think that's enough for today. But the Holy Spirit, he knows what we don't know. And I want to know God's heart, because the only way to hear God's heart or to know God's plans is to have the Holy Spirit inside of you and allow him to speak to you and explain and reveal those things to you. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you right now for this moment. Thank you that you're speaking clearly to our hearts regarding our, the plans that you have for us. I rebuke every lie, every attack of the enemy that would try to come in and to deceive us to say that there is no hope for our future. For any of us that lack inspiration, I pray right now that we will be inspired by the Holy Spirit to continue to pursue you in the secret place. And as we seek you in the secret place, that you would give us a rest that the world doesn't offer, that the world can't offer. I thank you for that rest, a rest from our past, a rest for our present, and a rest for our future. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you begin to reveal truth about us, that there's things in our character, that you, the character that you begin to point out, and that we would surrender those things to you that will cause us not to keep going back into sin cycles, but that we would overcome because we know that we are confident that the Holy Spirit is with us and will give us the power to overcome every attack of the enemy. Thank you, Lord God, once again that we are inspired this morning, that hope is filling our hearts. I bind doubt, I bind fear, I bind confusion, I bind every lie of the enemy right now, but I speak life over each and every person under the sound of my voice. Holy Spirit, I speak life over their, their situation. Where the enemies try to bring death, I speak life right now. And I thank you that the Holy Spirit is giving them the strength to overcome each and everything that they're walking through right now. Holy Spirit, we rely on you. We depend on you. We trust you completely. With all of our hearts, out of your own mouth, just say, Holy Spirit, I trust you completely. I trust you with my life. I trust you with my present. I trust you with my future. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you speak into our hearts clearly today. Thank you that there's a rest that's coming upon us right now. If you need rest, just receive it right now. If you need peace, just ask the Lord, Lord, fill me with a fresh rest. Fill me with a fresh peace. I bind anxiety and worry right now in the name of Jesus. And we trade it for your rest. We trade it for your peace. Thank you that you're comforting us in this moment. And that we can take this and we can go home and we will continue to pursue you in the secret place. That we don't just have to wait to Sundays or Wednesdays, but we can tap into your presence each and every day as we cultivate a relationship with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to ask everyone just to keep their head bowed and their eyes closed and give one final invitation of prayer. And that's for anyone that says, I don't have a right relationship with the Lord, but I want to come into right relationship with him today. I know that we're talking about the Holy Spirit and dying to ourselves and being inspired by the Holy Spirit, but I want to be right with God. I want to make sure that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life, that when I stand before God, he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to try to persuade you. You know if God is speaking to your heart or not. I just want to give you the open invitation to make it right with him. So if that's you in this room today or you're watching online and you want to come into right relationship with the Lord with no one looking around in the room, I just want you to lift your hand and I want to pray with you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I just ask everyone just to place their hand over their heart and just repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, today, this Sunday morning, I lay down my life and surrender to you. And I pray that as I lay down my life, that you give me new life. I thank you, Lord, that my past is forgiven, that my sins are forgiven, and that I'm a new person in Christ Jesus. I thank you that your blood is washing me, is cleansing me, is healing me, is delivering me. And I promise that I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give a round of applause for those that made that decision to follow Christ. If you're in a room and you made that decision, that's one thing I just want you to do. Just fill out the card in the seat back in front of you. Fill that out and drop it off in the offering bucket. Let us know what God did in your heart in this moment. And if you're online, just drop a comment in the comment section, letting us know that uh, you received Christ, and we would love to reach out and pray for you throughout the week. But come on, let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow Christ. Amen. Well, that was week two of the Holy Spirit. I know what you don't know. And before we dismiss you guys, we'll be right back here next week at 10 a.m. for week three of the uh, series, The Holy Spirit. But also this Wednesday, we'd love to invite you out to prayer. As I mentioned before, we're going to get in the presence of God. We're going to seek the face of God, and we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to flow and the Holy Spirit to move. Amen. Amen. Before we dismiss you guys online, we want to give you an opportunity to give for those of you that would like to give. There's a couple ways that you could do that. You could download our app, New Life Church of Mobile. Uh, you could go to Apple Store or the Google Play Store. You could download the app. You could give that way. You could go to our website, which is newlifemobile.org. You could give there on the homepage. There's a Give Online tab. Or you could go to our Facebook page or website and mail in a check. 
a money order. But we're going to pray over the tithe for those online, and then we'll dismiss you guys. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the offering that's coming in today and the tithes that's coming in today. I pray that you would bless your people. Let there be no lack in their home. Bless them in every area of their life. I thank you right now, Lord God, that you supply all of their needs, that you would pour out a blessing more than they can contain. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for tuning in again. We'd love to see you in the building next Sunday at 10 a.m. Also this Wednesday at 630 for prayer. We love you guys. Y'all have a great, great week. We'll see you Wednesday at 630. Amen. Amen.